Hi, this is Robert P. Jones. I'm CEO and founder at PRRI, and I never listened. I doubt it. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 709 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, talented, the scholarly, and the curfewed, Brittany Page, everybody. Yeah, I hope that you are prepared because it's going to infringe on your rights. (laughs) You need to stay in from, I believe, 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. You know how much running around I like to do during those hours. Yeah. <laughs> I Who is doing? Where are they going at those hours? What's happening at those hours? People up to no good. Got to be home now. It, In the state of California, we listen, should say what we're talking about. We there's should a, do that first. There's a curfew now. Gavin Newsom, who loves to go to dinner at the French Laundry. With members of that are not part of his household during quarantine. At least three other households. Indoors. Indoors. Yeah. At the French Laundry. Meaning, Gavin Newsom, Democrat governor of California, is a fucking hypocrite. Ultimately, that's what it means. It's remarkable that he did that. I. It's such a terrible decision. I, I know you made a face. Well, you... Like a micro-expression. It wasn't very long. Mm, a micro-expression. But he has historically made bad decisions. He's a dumb fuck. I've seen some tweets. Apparently he... He was married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. I mean, come on. Well, I also read that he was... Fucked his campaign manager? Was he Or fucked his campaign manager's wife? I don't know. Yes. But when he... I think he was the mayor... Of San Francisco. And he started dating a 19-year-old and went to a bar and she was drinking... And that was in the news at the time because he was in his 30s. Yeah, he's a, he's a piece of shit, not just for these reasons. Well, he was in his 30s. He's the mayor and he's taking someone who's underage, not of legal drinking age, to a bar where she was drinking yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Which is not great. Governor Gavin, Gavin Newsom, everybody. Good uh, good role model. So What a wonderful servant leader. So anyway, we have a curfew. and Wh- I, Which, by the way, we're not bitching about the curfew. No, although I do wonder how effective it's going to be. I mean, I don't know what... What I'm frustrated with is these like half measures that continue to be taken rather than just doing uh, another mandatory shutdown for two weeks. I don't know how long. It's it's these half measures that they keep putting in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two weeks doesn't sound long enough to me. Yeah, I mean... Uh, who who knows? But now we have in Orange County, we moved into the purple tier from Which the is red tier, the most restricted tier. Yeah, you think it would be the red tier? You would think that it's all, it's almost like the Homeland Security terrorism color coding. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, shouldn't it be green, yellow, and red? Well, they're also like fucking stoplights in these shopping centers around here. They have little 
red buttons next to the business names that say open. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd think that they would be green yeah. buttons that say open, not red. Well, maybe they're just saying, alert, we're open. Sure. <laughs> Emergency, everyone. We are open for business. Either way, it's kind of confusing. <laughs> kind of confusing. Almost as confusing as Gavin Newsom being our governor, having zero moral authority to lead the state in this particular time of need because he's a hypocrite who's not following his own rules. Sure. Much like Nancy Pelosi going and getting her hair cut in a place that's not supposed to be open and then blaming the place. Yeah. People on the left, I think, get frustrated with criticism of people on the left, like Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom, for example. But the reason why it's important to talk about them doing the wrong thing is that it makes it difficult for them to then come out as leaders and be taken seriously on COVID. You know, when Nancy Pelosi is holding dinners in that room, is is it Statuary Hall where all the statues are? That's right. Not the rotunda. But just off the house side, it's the old house chamber, the black and white tile. Statuary Hall, you're right. Yeah. And so, I started going into my tour, giving a tour of the Capitol. Right. They had <laughs> they had a dinner in there for all of the new members of Congress. Yeah. And unnecessary. Unnecessary. Yeah. Not something that should happen. And what was her her reason was like, well, there's adequate spacing. Yeah. No, no. Come on. You shouldn't be eating indoors. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important to talk about it. Not just to sit around and bitch about it, but because it actually serves a purpose. We want our leaders to be able to sway public opinion and and to be able to come forward and say, this is what we need to be doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm taking it seriously. It needs to be taken seriously, not I'm going to come out and say that you should do one thing and then I'm going to go eat at the French Laundry. Like everyone wants to eat at the French Laundry, bro. We need our we need our leaders to have credibility in all areas. Yeah. And this is it's just a a goddamn clusterfuck. I mean, come on. Yeah. So we have an email from Stephanie in Australia, and it's on this topic, actually. She hates Gavin Newsom, too? Well, <laughs> possibly, but more on the COVID is yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Jesse and Brittany. My good friend Jennifer got me onto your podcast a while back, and I've just loved it. I recently finished listening to episode 708 and wanted to share my thoughts with you. I'm originally from California, but I've been living in Melbourne, Australia for the last six and a half years. In June, we went into one of the strictest lockdowns because our COVID numbers were rising. At its highest, we were having about 800 new positive cases per day. During this lockdown, we were only allowed outside the house for an hour for exercise. Then there were four reasons that a person could leave the house, but only one person from the household could go out. You couldn't travel farther than five kilometers from your home, and all non-essential businesses shut down. It was rough, but it worked. We've now hit 18 days of no new cases and no deaths. There are three active cases in the state and about 24 active cases in the entire country. Now, I get that the population of Australia is roughly the same as the population of California, but still, lockdowns work. It jutted me to see some of my friends back in California complain about the new restrictions that were announced yesterday. I don't understand how people can be so bloody selfish. Like, is staying home really that hard for you? From what I took from the press conference, it's only restaurants that are really affected. It just infuriates me and the selfishness of some people and how emboldened some people feel. We've lost three close family members to COVID, and the family still doesn't take stuff seriously. 
One went to a party, four people contracted COVID, only one survived. You'd think that that would be enough for people closest to me to fucking do the right bloody thing. God damn. I understand that the social supports and government responses between Australia and the U.S. definitely factor into the selfishness, but still, I'd like to be able to travel back to the U.S. one day or have my friends and family come here and visit. Sorry this got a bit ranty, but something has to change, and people need to understand that lockdowns do work. Thanks for the awesome content y'all put out. Stephanie. Well, first of all, before we thank Stephanie, we need to thank good friend Jennifer for turning Stephanie onto the show. Absolutely. First and foremost. Yes. The most in person, the most important person in this equation is Jennifer. Yes. Secondarily, eh, Stephanie's okay. <laughs> I I'm starting to realize that I don't agree with what's being said. Well, you've agreed, and now it's on the record. Okay. So listen, Stephanie, thank you for the email. And I I am saddened to hear about deaths in your family. And there it's an extra it's an extra shitty gut punch when it could have been avoided and people acted irresponsibly and bad things befell others because of that irresponsible action. It just makes it even a more bitter pill to swallow. COVID, I haven't talked about it much because it's not really the show isn't about our lives, but I have several members of my family who have gotten COVID. Several cousins, several closer members of my family Uh, It is, there can't be, like, I'm special, and this has has affected me or impacted me uh, more than others. I'm not saying that. I'm just random guy who has all of these members of his family who've gotten it. Now, all of them live in Idaho, where there is a, this, I was going to say a tinge of pushing back against government restrictions or government um, uh, recommendations even. Mm-hmm. They have militias who are threatening people's lives over mask quote-unquote mandates. Even though there's no enforcement of the... That's why I call them recommendations because there's no enforcement. Right. There's no enforcement here in California. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just... I'm beyond exasperated at everyone I see. And then the people who who do wear a mask but feel begrudging about it. it. I don't know. It just it's it's fucking infuriating. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're starting to have more people understand how serious it is as more people are impacted. You remember in the beginning when all this happened, the skeptics would often say, "Well, do you know anyone that has it?" Yeah. Well, well that's become One of my daughter's nurses said that to me when she was in the ICU. Right. Well, that's become something you don't really hear anymore. When's the last time you heard that? Right. When's the last time you saw that online? Now that almost 12 million Americans have contracted it. Yeah. Likely most people now know somebody or know of somebody through a connection that they have that has contracted it. On Wednesday, almost 2,000 Americans died of COVID. 1,900 something. 1,923, I think, is the number. That is 
it's too many people anytime there's unnecessary death, but it's extra shitty when it really is unnecessary. Because even today, Mike Pence gave a press conference and got up there and said, we're handling this better than we ever could and or just some nonsense. It's you there's no cohesive national strategy whatsoever. It's a day-to-day trying to catch the news cycle, trying to get ahead of the press, trying to shame the press, trying to con the American people. And a quarter million Americans have died because of it. Yeah, and as as we continue to beat these records with each day that passes, Donald Trump isn't even showing his face because he's humiliated by his loss. Yeah. And his his tactics are not working <laughs> to try to steal the election, as he accuses other people of doing. I mean, he's lame ducking it up like no lame duck has ever lame duck. <laughs> it's fucking nuts how he's not doing his job at all. Yeah, I mean, when when was the last time we heard from him? It's been a while, right? I mean, it is kind of nice. Now he's just all caps tweeting on Twitter. <laughs> I, I mean, he's attempting to wreak havoc, though. He's firing everybody and yeah, sure, putting conspiracy theorists in positions of power. It, it, it is scary what he's doing, even though we can't see him and we're not hearing from him yeah, directly. I, I just like I don't feel so alarmed based on the fact that he's only got sixty or so days left. Like, there's only so much he can fuck up in that time. Hmm. Um, but it is alarming. That, listen, if you're alarmed out there, I'm I'm not alarmed with you. It is alarming, but maybe my that mechanism in my fucking brain is just it needs a break hmm. after four years. Yeah, of alarm. Yeah, ring a ding a ding constantly. You know, it feels weird that it's going to be December soon. Yeah, I know that's kind of off topic, but I'm just I looked at no, the it all melds together. It just. A late, listen, a lady called me from the VA today to double check some numbers or something. It was really actually a nice call. Oh. And she was like, well, we sent you a letter in January, blah, 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 and then you never responded, so we did this, being super vague here. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't, I don't remember ever getting that. I so, but you know, I don't know if you know, it's been kind of a weird year. <laughs> and she, I mean, she, we had a little... We had a little connection, a little laugh over it. Oh, a little but, shared connection. But laugh. it is true. It's a universally known 2020 is not the greatest year on record, Brittany Page. That is correct. Although, and we're, we're not doing an official Thanksgiving episode this year, as we already announced, but we are going to be talking about what we're thankful for. And we do plan to do a positive, uplifting episode. Family friendly, y'all. Yeah, so it's it's not going to be the traditional Thanksgiving episode where we play the listener mashup of things that you're thankful for, but we are going to do a positive and uplifting episode, hopefully. Hopefully we can... Hopefully is the operative word. Hopefully we can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, what a task. Well, thank you, Stephanie. We appreciate your email very much. We're with you in spirit. And Jennifer, hey, keep telling your friends about the show. That's awesome, Jennifer, for sure. Fan-fucking-tastic. All right, moving on to a voicemail. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. Um, It's Andy in Oklahoma. And I was just, you know, a lot of people have, obviously, Trump is the the news right now. Uh, And the thing that I'm worried about is not, like, faithless electors. And obviously, the lawsuits are going nowhere. I mean, it all, I mean, it would be funny if it wasn't so scary, but... What I'm worried about is all of the 
legislators, governors, and, and the people in charge of each state um, not certifying the president. Because that, like you said, we would be fucked if it ends up going to the House of Representatives or whatever. Um, and I have always, since Trump, since Trump ran for president in 2016, I have completely underestimated, and I think everybody has completely underestimated uh, the depths to which the Republican Party will go to win. And that's why it's like, yeah, it's a long shot, but that means, honestly, I feel like it's even more likely because it would require people to do the right thing to make this work, and they just don't. They just fucking don't. They, the Republicans have shown time and time again. Now, there are a handful that are standing up doing the right thing, but there are far more that aren't. And so the people that would certify the election, I can see them just deciding, I'm not going to certify it. Let's just take this thing. So that's what I'm afraid of. So anyway, thanks. Bye. Andy from Oklahoma. Your concerns, that too much mouth noise in the mic there, Brittany Page. No. You gave me the old, yikes. Um, your, your, your concerns are certainly not to be dismissed. But, but I would say this as optimist Jesse, but also realist Jesse. If we've witnessed anything over the course of these past four years, it's that the courts generally do the right thing. Even our Supreme Court, now it's different now, the makeup of the court. Thanks, everybody, who didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Appreciate that. Good fucking job. Hope that moral high ground is treating you right. Uh-oh, here comes the vote shaming. Not fucking treating the rest of us right. But uh, I have faith in the system, especially the judiciary, the judiciary, Jesus, uh, to get things done, to stop chicanery. The rules, the system, the institutions, I think they're going to they're gonna stand up to the pressure in these waning days. I just have faith in that. And we're witnessing... Uh, uh, Brittany. What? <laughs> we're, what? Wi- we're witnessing the courts do the right thing right now. I mean, a judge just threw out a case in Arizona of them trying to stop the Maricopa County certification. Because they're coming into court with, seriously, a circus-like fucking legal team. It is a goddamn clown show. We're going to talk a little bit about the presser today with Rudy Giuliani. The hour and a half conspiracy theory theater hour. They're they're coming into court where you need evidence. You can't just make a convincing argument without providing actual hard evidence. And they got nothing. They got nothing. It's going to take more than an Alex Jones Infowar show to get this thing done. And they, they don't have anything. So keep your chin up, Andy. That's an order. <laughs> I don't think that's my job. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Marissa. And I just wanted to weigh in on the getting past it and, you know, coming together thing that uh, I've been told personally I need to do for so long when, you know, we were the punching bag and go to distraction for uh, the last four years. And 
I think people need to look at history a little more. Uh, generally, when something terrible happens and there's this call for unity, uh, the end of the Civil War, after 9-11, um, all of these different occasions where we were supposed to forget what divided us and come together at the expense of brown and black people and those who were not white, Christian, and straight, and all that good stuff. Like, after the Civil War, like, Johnson pardoned everyone, and all of the progress that was made in civil rights was murdered out by people who, you know, killed the black senators, and, uh, you know, the KKK was formed, and I've, I've heard it said best when people say, uh, the Confederacy didn't win the war, but they certainly won the war of ideas because by 1915, we had the birth of the nation film and most people thought that was an accurate representation of history. And after 9-11, you know, people even still call and talk about how, uh, you know, everybody was an American and it didn't matter. And it's like, well, not if you were brown or gay, it wasn't. And... I feel like people are just so traumatized from the last four years and so anxious for there not to be conflict that they're telling people like me, people who are brown, people who are black, people who are not Christian to just come together and stop the conflict because, of course, that makes them uncomfortable and they, they want some peace. But people like us, people like them, there can't be. There's no way there can be. You can't ask us to forget the abuses that people like me, people like the the caller called in from West Virginia. You, you, you just can't ask us to suddenly go, oh yeah, we're going to be friends with the people who have been screaming in our faces and systematically removing our rights. <laughs> you know, we can't just go, oh, uh, I guess your leader isn't there, even though 73 million of you voted for more of that. Yeah, we're cool now. Nah, we can't. And we're not going to uh, because <laughs> there's so much left to do. We have so much work to do just to try to even get it back where it was before he was there. And, you know, until he is actually sworn in, until Biden is actually president, until he doesn't pay off a bunch of electors, until he doesn't find a way to try to sabotage anything, like a lot of us are still waiting to see uh, what is going to happen and I know he's been inefficient, and I know his windows are closing, but if we've learned anything from the last four years, it's that he can't do that means literally nothing with him, and all of these people are going to support it no matter what he does. If they're still with him after everything in the last four years, there's not going to be a change with them. And don't ask me to shake hands and make nice with people who have made it that much harder for us to exist. Not that y'all have ever done that. Thanks. I appreciate everything you do and as hard as it is to keep up with politics. Sometimes I'm grateful that you're here to do it in the way that you do. I'm grateful to know you. I'm grateful that I can call you friends. Thank you. So two things here. Thank you for the call. Marissa, that that's not one of the things. That's just thank you for calling in. <laughs> yes. Um, two things. One, I fully agree with this, and it it seems strange to me that there is there is a portion out there of people, even Democrats, who are asking to just move on 
let's not prosecute Donald Trump's crimes. Let's 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 have a kumbaya moment and hug and and, and this call for unity. When what they're asking for is unity with people who voted for and supported fascism in America, who supported white supremacy in America. That's just on a people level. But if we're talking about overlooking the crimes of Donald Trump himself and those around him, the answer is a clear and decisive fuck no from me. Now, the other point I want to make, and this isn't necessarily Optimus Jesse. It's almost like a, one of the Transformers. Mm. Or was that GoBots? <laughs> Optimus Prime, Prime right? Yeah. That's Transformers, right? Yes. Okay. GoBots were a thing, right? I have no idea what that is. Oh. I've never heard that before in my life. I think they were the welfare version of Transformers. There's a welfare version? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, it's like Hot Wheels or Matchbox. Oh, it wasn't like junky jalopies that would turn into like cool things. No, I think it was just like a low rent. The way I remember it, maybe I just felt insecure because we had GoBots. So quick side story. No, we're talking about GoBots now. Well, no, I said junky jalopy. (laughs) And so in high school, my brother, his senior year, got junky jalopy and most likely to go to jail. Oh, that was an award in the yearbook his senior year was Junkiest Jalopy. Junky Jalopy. Th- that's just, that That was the award? Well, it's not the award. It was like um, a recognition. Yeah, like a designation, like best smile, best dress. Well, no. Because Shittiest car. Wow, that was a whistle out of my teeth. It was in the index and every letter had... A designation, sure, is what you said. So, and his was junky jalopy, but also most likely to go to jail. Which we've talked about. I think we've even talked about on the show. That's a fucking wild irresponsibility on the part of whatever adult was in charge of the yearbook. Yes. God damn. That is uh, very much an understatement, sir. So, back to GoBots. No. (laughs) So, back to not just me being optimistic here, is I've done a couple of different videos that were really centered on this particular point. And as much as as one would think my audience just goes along to get along with whatever the fuck I say, that is not the case, just like it's not the case here on the show. And um, there, while there were some people who did push back and say that we should move on, the overwhelming majority of my audience on YouTube who commented were in agreement so I don't know what circles you're running in, Marissa. I don't know what what hellhole of Twitter you happen to be wrapped up in or whatever. But my experience is most of our people, most of the people that, that, that share the same values as us that I see do want to have some kind of, of consequence and don't want to just shake hands for the unity's sake. So feel better in that regard if you, if my word means anything. I feel like you, do you view your role at responding to emails and voicemails as making people feel better? Like that's the vibe that I'm getting. Today, maybe. You I don't am, need I'm, to do that. I'm for sure doing that today. Yeah, I don't know. You don't need to do that. You know that you're. I don't know. I'm a life coach now, Brittany. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Oh, I got my certification in the mail. Sure. Well, I just like when I got ordained so I could marry Brett number one. Yeah. And Lisa. Yeah. It was the same thing because, you know, there's no qualification to be a fucking life coach because that's dumb. I actually don't know what the qualification would be to be a life coach, but I'm sure there's something. I'm a life coach now. Okay, so I... Come one, come all for your coaching. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate Marissa's voice memo. That was a voice memo, right? It was. Because I have seen a lot of this, obviously, the calls for unity. And for me, it kind of comes down to what's a better use of my time. And I feel like a better use of my time is to continue educating myself on important issues, try to help educate other people on those important issues, encourage people to vote, participate in advocacy work, get on the ground with local politics, be invested in that. I mean, that's kind of what I think is worth my time, not sitting down and trying to figure out why 73 million, is it 73 million now that voted for Donald Trump? Did, it's near that. I mean, I want to know why I want to figure that out, but I don't want to uh, sit down and try to convince all of them that white supremacy is bad. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's for, a, it's for, definitely a struggle for a lot of them. It would be a, a futile task. Yeah. So I, I for, me, for me, it comes down to what is most worth my time. Yeah. And for me, it's not having a conversation with my cousin in Kentucky about Donald Trump. It's, I think I'm going to read some stuff, share it with some people, try to encourage them to continue their education every day like I do, like I try to. Yeah, yeah. And also organize, get involved. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mo- most importantly, that's that's where it's at. Don't, don't, don't let your activism get derailed by the downer shit. Yeah. Again, here I am trying to make everybody feel good. I know. <laughs> Will you relax? You're right. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Feel bad. <laughs> um, that's what I meant. Listen, yeah. no, that's not what you're saying. I'm, you know, well, te- I'm telling a hilarious, hilarious joke. Well, listen, I have a story that will make everyone feel better. It's <laughs> it's going to do way more for everybody than you could ever do. Oh, well, that's not going to take much. Are you ready? Yes. The Pope's Instagram liked a picture of a lady wearing a very tiny schoolgirl outfit. Well, that was some weird shit. I think it's a schoolgirl outfit. Anyway, she's a Brazilian model, and she was wearing a skirt that didn't completely cover her bottom. You showed me the picture. Um, You are correct in that description that whatever piece of fabric that she's wearing did not cover her her bottom. Yes. (laughs) Why are we tempted to go into like a British accent when we say bottom? Oh, I don't know. Is that a British accent? It's not. It's not at all. You're unless again, for those of you who just joined the podcast, the only British accent Britney can do and even then it's not great is saying the names of Harry Potter characters. Harry Potter. <laughs> That's great. You didn't have to give us an example. Ronald Weasley. <laughs> oh, it's getting worse. <laughs> okay. Now it's just all strokey. Okay. So <laughs> the Vatican wants an explanation for this. Yeah. The, this is what's great. Is this how dare you attitude? How dare you attitude from, from, from the Vatican? Well, we need, we need an explanation. I mean, no. Listen, 
No, they want he, an explanation from Instagram. That, in, how how is it that th- this picture was liked? Instagram must have liked this picture from the Pope's account. One, who knew that the Pope has an Instagram account? Well, apparently, seven point four million people know that the Pope has an Instagram. Who's following the Pope on Instagram? Seven point four million people. I used to follow him on Twitter to crack some jokes, but. 18.8 million on the Twitter. Yeah. So, um, one, I don't think that the Pope actually, well, I don't think the Pope does anything with Instagram or Twitter. That's not the Pope tweeting or on the gram. It's some staffer, some low-level priest or something who who likes this particular Brazilian model, model with a, you know, with a, with a butt that's not covered. Or a bottom. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, how strange is this that you are running Pope Francis's Twitter? I mean, Instagram, and or, or is Ted Cruz running his Instagram? Yeah, uh, <laughs> this has happened other times, right? With Ted Cruz liking the porn tweet, yeah. and if you are a, a staffer running someone else's account, you got to be careful. You got to be more aware when you are switching between your account and. The Pope's account, because this got picked up because you can see when people that you follow like a photo and you go to that photo, it shows like the people that you follow that oh, right, at the, the photo. top of the list. I was wondering how people knew. That's right. Yeah. And so they people were scrolling and obviously they also follow the Brazilian model or, or like the photos of the Brazilian model and then realized, oh, shit, the Pope liked this. It's so good. It is so good. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully the Vatican is able to get the explanation that they are looking for and get to the bottom of this very serious, very important issue. They better get to the bottom of it before we end up with a clip like this, but featuring the Pope. Look at me. I had to beat off. I had to beat off the phony Mueller report. I had to beat off all this stuff. I had to beat off impeachment. I had to beat off Congress, everything else. You're over there judgmentally shaking your head. It's just dad. How fucking dare it's you? It's just dad joke McGee over here is what's happening. This is outrageous. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. And who also doesn't appreciate the dad jokes, apparently. Listen. <laughs> how... Are, uh, how? How, uh, how uh, <laughs> you got? All right, you got me. <laughs> God damn. All right. Well, we'd love to hear from you too. We hope you don't stumble and stammer over your words, <laughs> like Jesse D here. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. We'd also accept voice memos from your smartphone sent to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We have three new Patreon supporters that we would like to thank. Kathy R. Kathy R. David S. David S. And actually, that appeared twice. So we'll give David S. another shout out. David S. So listen, <laughs> David S. You might want to check 
yeah. to make sure you didn't sign up twice. I mean, listen, we would it would be fantastic to get double the money, but uh, we got an email hours apart, so yeah. that's a little strange. So you make may, sure you make yeah. sure you unfuck that if that's a, a mistake. Yes, because we don't want to be inadvertently having you really be a rock star for the show. Yes. Anyway. We love you guys. We appreciate all your support, all of your ratings and reviews on 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 Apple Podcasts, all of your following us on Twitter, on Instagram. As long as you're not following the Pope, good deal. We love you guys, and we appreciate you. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So let's talk a little bit about this nonsense effort to delegitimize the election of of, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Days after the election, a gentleman named Chris Krebs, who is now the former director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, Days, days after the election, he tweeted and he released a joint statement with some of their multi-worded uh, committee or agency that this was the most secure election in the history of the United States. Well, that obviously doesn't jive. By the way, uh, hand-picked appointee for this new agency. Donald Trump picked him. So he's not an anti-Trumper. I believe there's still culpability for working in this administration. But he uh, he tweeted this and Donald Trump found it uh, displeasing. So he fired him. Because that is, that is the modus operandi right now. That is the standard operating procedure. Is just to spread misinformation and propaganda really at a breakneck pace. Related to the to the uh, to to this election, even so, to 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 the extent to which Lindsey Graham is now calling the different secretaries of state around the country where Donald Trump was close and trying to get them to commit election fraud, as with the case in Georgia with the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. I mean, it's didn't you're saying that he called multiple people Nevada too. So Lindsey Graham was asked by reporters about who he specifically talked to in Arizona and Nevada, because after all this happened with Georgia, he came forward and he said, listen, I didn't just call Georgia. I called other states. Oh, so maybe he's trying to cover his fucking tracks. I I haven't heard that. I called Arizona. I called I called Nevada. So you're saying. You're saying that when they said, well, who did you talk to? He said, this person, they went and double-checked, and they're like, we never fucking heard from Lindsey Graham. Well, he said that he talked to Arizona Governor Doug Ducey. Mm-hmm. Republican. And then he said, oh, I can't remember who I talked to in oh, Nevada, yeah. but what I'm trying to find out is how do you verify mail-in ballots? Right. And Which so, doesn't make any fucking sense at all, either way. So the Nevada Secretary of State, Barbara Kavasky something similar to that, released a, st- <laughs> released a statement. I'm sorry. Sorry, We, we all know it's... Sorry, I, Madam Secretary. I cannot. It's, <laughs> I, it's me. 
She, Yo, smite. Yes. She released a statement saying that she had not spoken to Lindsey Graham, quote, or any other members of Congress regarding the 2020 general election in Nevada or my role in the post-election certification process. So Lindsey Graham's a fucking liar. So, yeah. So a good fact check. Thank you very much. Do you want to give uh, bogus information to the audience? But we know he talked to this secretary of state in Georgia, Brad Raffensperger. In fact, here's Brad Raffensperger explaining the call, which under Georgia law, the way I understand it, uh, legal experts um, for whom I have some respect are saying this is illegal what he's doing. Uh, Mr. Secretary, I, I want to begin with the Lindsey Graham uh, uh, back and forth. We have been following uh, on this show efforts to challenge votes in a variety of states. Mostly that's been lawsuits so far. But now you're saying that Trump ally Lindsey Graham pressured you in a phone call to potentially throw out legally cast ballots. He says that's ridiculous. Why do you believe that's what his intent was? Well, when Senator Graham called, I uh, just assumed that he was calling about the two runoffs for the senators. So I called him back. Um, and then uh, during our discussion, he asked if ballots could be matched back to the envelope, the absentee ballots could be matched back to the envelope. I explained our process after it went through two sets of signature match. At that point, they were separated. But then uh, Senator Graham applied for us to audit the envelopes and then throw out the ballots for counties who had the highest frequency error of signatures. And that I tried to you know, help explain that that's because we did signature match. You couldn't tie the signatures back anymore, you know, to those ballots, just like with if you voted in person, uh, my name is not on my ballot. Uh, and so it can't be tied back to me. It's really something that's been around for over 100 years, the secret ballot. This is a very uh, serious accusation. He says you guys had a pleasant conversation, calls it very nice uh, and says, if you have a problem with it, that, that's that's on you. Was there a moment in the call where you said, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Senator, but what you're asking me to do or suggesting I should do is not up to me and is not right morally, legally or otherwise? I really just uh, got off the call and I said I would circle back and I talked to counsel and I get back to him. And we just um, decided the best action was not to, you know, get back and reengage. Yeah. I thought we were talk going to be just he's probably asking what's the status of the senator uh, senator races, the runoffs. Yeah. Uh, when I went down this other path, I think the best thing was just to disengage and uh, you know move forward. Again, this is Brad Raffensperger, the Republican Secretary of State for the state of Georgia. Not a liberal shrinking violet. Not somebody who's in it to make sure Joe Biden wins the election. This is a man ostensibly who has aspirations on the governorship in Georgia or at least higher elected office and would campaign on terrible Republican policies. But he has an obligation under the law to do what is correct. And it sounds to me like he's taking that responsibility seriously. So what we're witnessing with the clown show, the freak show. And it really is like a television show. Well, what let's let's talk about what you just said for a second though because what if what if this guy didn't take the path that he has with Lindsey Graham and instead was on Lindsey Graham's side, was on Donald Trump's side and he had the power to actually do something in his role. That that's a terrifying thought. Absolutely. Because you have Donald Trump, and this came out today, 
that he is inviting Michigan Republican lawmakers to the White House on Friday. To butter them up. Right. To collude, if you will. He's reaching out directly to Republican state legislators, inviting them to the White House for discussions as the state prepares to certify the election for Joe Biden. Right. This is reporting from the New York Times. Here's here's the problem. And it even goes back to the Georgia thing. There are state, there are laws in place that have to be followed. Listen, the president has special ability to fucking do whatever the fuck he wants. He has immunities and and certain ethics um, arrangements apply for everyone else except the president of the United States. That's a luxury that the president has. That's not a luxury that anybody else has. So when people are saying he'll just do what he wants, they'll just ignore the law. That's not the case for everybody. That's only the case for Donald Trump. Well, and the New York Times, I think, actually is is doing a pretty good job reporting on all this. The headline here says Trump tries to subvert the election, inviting Michigan GOP lawmakers to the White House. Great headline. And they go on to talk. For once. <laughs> <laughs> they go on to talk about how this is unusual. This is not something that's typical, that he is intruding on state and local politics, that this is a routine process that is typically invisible, and he is directly intruding on that process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's directly getting involved. And these people, they're going to meet with him. Of course. They're probably giddy. They're buying new suits, excited to meet with their Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. Yeah. But the laws of the state of Michigan are what they are. The, the the votes have already been certified in, in certain counties. There, you know, the, the election officials, like he, he called these specific election officials and they wanted to take back their, their vote to certify. They're like, sorry, too late. You don't get to take it back. It's already legally binding. Yeah. Dumb fucks. Well, and in, in this article, it says it's not clear what the president will discuss. Yeah, really, even as it's not clear, even as Donald Trump, his campaign, his allies, they're trying to overturn the results of the election. Yeah, that's that's what they're trying to do. Ask uh, Volodymyr Zelensky uh, what we're unsure what Donald Trump was talking about during that call where he was asking for a fucking a favor. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah, we know what Donald Trump's going to do. Yes. He's going to put his big fat or his tiny fat thumb on the scale in his worst attempt. It's not going to it's not going to succeed. Calm down everybody. And one of the reasons I feel so confident about this is watching the fucking freak show that is t- taking place before our eyes. Rudy Giuliani got out there today with a, a lady named Sydney Powell who's the Who's the who represented uh, Mike Flynn? And they they gave an hour and a half presser, this meandering, fucking reality show freak show, where Rudy Giuliani has like shit running down his face on the sides, and I mean it's really just it, it is comical and tragic and freakish. It's a car wreck you can't turn away from. But let me introduce some of these characters. Can I just quickly say that the New York Times had an article about this, and they actually interviewed hairstylists. <laughs> and they did because if you've seen the photos, and if you're online, you've seen the photos. But apparently, the, it's very unlikely that it's hair dye. 
What could it be? I don't know, but they interviewed hairstylists. I have Maybe no idea. Maybe he's got idea. some some old grandma's some old. Is, is he barking? Maybe he's got like old grandpa's old hair darkening remedy or something. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm not an expert on it. I would defer to the people who know about those things. It looked pretty gross. I don't know what he has going on, but I don't want to see the photo anymore. I wish I could mute the photo on Twitter. I don't want to see it anymore. It's... So, so anyway, let me let, let me let's move on here. Let me introduce you to some of these characters. This Sydney Powell lady, for one, um, she was on with Lou Dobbs, who is off his fucking rocker. This guy used to be an anchor for CNN, is now on Fox Business or Fox News, just being about as sycophantic as he possibly can. Just a bootlicker extraordinaire for Donald Trump having Sidney Powell on where she's making the argument that the election should just be overturned in all of the swing states. Joining us now by phone is Sidney Powell. She's a member, obviously, of the president's legal team. Also, General Michael Flynn's defense attorney, a great American, uh, one of the a country's great leading American. attorneys. Uh, Sidney, first of all, thanks. I know you are going every which direction right now, busy as you could possibly be. Let's start out right now with the the president's path to victory here as you and the legal team see it uh if you could give us uh, just that uh, that canvas very quickly well yes lou the entire election frankly in all the swing states should be overturned and the legislatures should make sure that the electors are selected for trump and it's going to have to follow the constitutional provisions that it go be decided according to the amendment. It's just let's, let's... <laughs> it, it's are, gonna are they... have, it's gonna have to follow the constitutional the, something oh about God. the amendment and the provisions. Like, it's just this vagary, this bullshit that doesn't fucking mean anything. I know. They didn't even know where to go next because it was so vague. Lou Dobbs was like, okay, wow, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I am strong with the grift, but what am I supposed to do here? He's like, fuck, lady, you're giving me nothing to work with. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. What a mess. Yeah, well, he went on. He saved her by asking something like, well, tell me about the voter machine oh that's always where to go yeah Yeah. just tell me about something else please (laughs) change the topic so anyway she was a featured participant of this hour and a half this 90 minute freak show uh, presser today and this is on fox business by the way yes the major networks didn't carry it cnn they didn't carry it yeah uh listen to this i i mean listen this isn't alex jones This is the legal team for the president of the United States of America. I'm going to say it one more time for effect. This isn't a TV show. This isn't, this isn't uh, Alex Jones show. These, this is the legal team, the, the heavyweight legal team, like you would have seen during Bush versus Gore. People who ended up being Supreme Court justices worked for the George Bush team. This is what Donald Trump sends out there. 
So I'm talking about some massive straight lines up in the vote tallies in the middle of the night after they've supposedly stopped counting. And that's when the Dominion operators went in and injected votes and changed the whole system. And it affects votes around the country, around the world, and all kinds of massive interests of globalist dictators, corporations, you name it. Everybody's against us except President Trump and we the people of the United States. (laughs) Everyone is against us. The globalist dictators and the corporations. Everyone's against us except for except for Donald Trump. The guy who wants to be elected president. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. Yeah. This is this is their legal argument. And then when they're asked about evidence, right. The other ding dong lady gets up there and like, well, you're out of your element asking me about evidence, guy. Well, you don't know about the court and the legal. You you got nothing. There's no evidence. Yeah. This is fucking nonsense. Yeah. Then there's this moment. One more moment from this lady, because she's just the gift that just keeps giving, Brittany. <laughs> sure. And th- I grabbed this audio from a tweet. From the Republican National Committee. Mm. This was official Republican propaganda that they tweeted. This is stunning, heartbreaking, infuriating, and the most unpatriotic acts I can even imagine for people in this country to have participated in in any way, shape, or form. And I want the American public to know right now that we will not be intimidated. American patriots are fed up with the corruption from the local level to the highest level of our government. And we are going to take this country back. We are not going to be intimidated. We are not going to back down. We are going to clean this mess up now. President Trump won by a landslide. We are going to prove it. And we are going to reclaim the United States of America for the people who vote for freedom. I keep seeing comments from people on the right of like, if Hillary Clinton were president, this is what she would be doing. And of course, we can't know, right? We can't know. What, what is what she would be doing? Fighting a loss in she, the election. She didn't fight the loss the last time. Exactly. That's of course, we can't know. For sure, if if she would, but we can look to past behavior, which is often indicating what future behavior would be. Yeah. Well, also, she lost by the same amount of electoral college votes as Donald Trump, and she walked away. Well, and there's there's always this attempt of you guys would do this if you had the power. Uh, this has not happened before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and people might reference the 2000 election to say, well, it has happened before. Well, that was one state. Yeah. That was um, fewer votes than we're talking now, <laughs> by far. Those, those points are the, the nail in the coffin of that argument. Those the, Just those two points you just brought up. Yeah, and so, I mean, he's clinging to something that is just not at all plausible at this point. He's not going to be president. He did not win. He did not win in these states. It's yeah. it's not going to happen for him. And so this is unlike anything we've ever seen. <laughs> the death throes are lasting for quite 
some time. I mean, you'd think that it would be over by now, that that a sensible person would just throw in the towel and realize that that it's done. It's time to walk away. Yeah, I mean, talk about chicken with its head cut off. It's the chicken that three days later is still like, hey, dude, where's my fucking head, man? Yeah, but I guess for Trump, and if we look at it from his perspective and his ego, the world's biggest ego, that he sees the people in the streets in D.C., that support him and love him. Yeah, yeah. And that is the cushion that he needs to continue this bogus fight that he knows is bogus. Yeah, for sure. That he knows isn't going anywhere. But it he is... needs that platform because he needs to make more money. Well, and I think, I ultimately for me, I think that's what ultimately for me, uh, ultimately I do believe that's what it's about. It's it's about continuing the grift. I think that he's going to, uh, there, there's talk about buying Newsmax and turning it into something um more substantial media organization than it is right now to compete with Fox. Um, it's the grift. It's the grift. And convincing these 73 million fucking lemmings to come along for the ride at the expense of the Republic. That's what we're facing right now. Well, a, a new New York Times reporting just tonight says that two separate New York state fraud investigations into President Trump and his businesses, one criminal and one civil, have expanded to include tax write-offs on millions of dollars in consulting fees, some of which appear to have gone to Ivanka. Yeah, yeah. Who was an employee of the business. Mm-hmm. So they're paying her as a consultant. It's like having, having a, you own a gas station. And somebody is a clerk at your gas station, and you're also paying them as a consultant to do the same job they're doing. That's You don't get to do that and then write off the other salary. It's, it's not going to, I mean, it doesn't bode well. Yeah. Because there's one way to really fuck around and get a government pissed off. It's not pay your taxes. I, just ask Wesley Snipes. You know what I mean? That's the, we'll see what happens. Well, so I bet... <laughs> I bet that these are also things that are on Donald Trump's mind. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah, they most certainly are. He has I, a lot to worry listen, about. Listen, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I'm not putting money on it. But I think there's, you know, I, I, if, if we woke up tomorrow and he said, I'm just going to quit because fuck this. And then Mike Pence took over and then pardoned him. I wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. Again, I'm not making a prediction because I'm too, too much of a coward. <laughs> but uh wow. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, there's one more clip. It's 10 fucking seconds. I was hoping we could just move on. That really inca- it's only 10 seconds. Okay. That really encapsulates what Rudy Giuliani's uh, Rudy Giuliani's argument is here. And it's it, it is a remarkable one. It's actually an argument that we heard when I we were watching that uh Jordan Klepper when he went to the Million MAGA march. Oh, where- I thought you were going to say when we were watching The Wire. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow i don't i don't even have a clip for that <laughs> um i loved your face just now you were so disappointed so when when <laughs> when when the guy's like well if you take out california donald trump won in a landslide oh right yeah, that's not how elections work guy you don't just get to remove one of the states because you don't like how it voted sure listen to rudy giuliani talk about the vote in michigan in one 80 20 so you see a change as a result of the of that of the election in, in michigan if you take out wayne county so it's a very significant case. If you take out Wayne County, which is where Detroit is, which means if you disenfranchise all of the black voters, 
In Michigan's most populous city, I think it's the most populous. It might not be anymore. Well, Biden won nearly 95% of the vote in Detroit and around 70% of the vote in Wayne County. Right, so you take out Wayne County and Donald Trump wins Michigan. That If that's their argument, get the fuck out of here. This thing's over, man. <laughs> I mean, seriously, well, if you take out California, you take out New York. Well, they withdrew, we, they withdrew their Wayne County lawsuit, and that was announced today. And After this presser, probably. And the Trump campaign and its Republican supporters, according to the New York Times, have now lost or withdrawn from all of their major legal actions in Michigan. Yeah, so... Where, where, I mean, they had a big map up that said the path forward. There is a path forward. Where's the path, bro? You're, you're, you're getting your case tossed out in Arizona. You've dropped all your cases in Michigan. What are you going to do? It's just, it's, 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 I believe it is comical. It is laughable. It is sad and damaging to the country, especially for this new generation who just, woke up politically and are paying attention and think this is how it works. Oh, wow. This is how it's always been. Yeah. This is how a president acts. You know, the kids who, who are coming of age with Twitter being the way it is, they don't fucking know that this is not how a president acts. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Email us. Voice memo or email. I doubt it at dollamore.com. We sure do love you guys. We appreciate you. Days like today, we really enjoy getting in front of the mics and uh, building community. A lot of times that is what this show is about is building community. And uh, I think we accomplished the goal today, Brittany Page. You think so? I don't know. I hope so. Anyway, we'll see you next time. We love you guys. Until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore. This has been I Doubt.